Welcome back to the Dump Off Podcast. I'm joined with everybody today with Chino, G, KB, and Taryn. Last night was awesome. Congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks on being the next NBA champions. Taryn, the resident uh, Bucks fan in the room, you can take it away, my good sir. How did you feel about the game last night? Bucks in six. The prophecy comes true. Thank you, Brandon Jennings. We could not have done it without you. Man, it was a roller coaster of a game, but it was it was a hell of a game. I'm just so excited for the city and for that team. So many guys on that team I feel like deserve it. None more than Giannis, obviously, who played out of his mind, finals MVP. Um and uh, dropping a fifty piece in a uh in a in a game to to clinch the series. There's really not a whole lot to like say about his performance that wasn't obvious pretty much since the jump. He has been the engine that made the Milwaukee Bucks go. But yeah, I, I personally am just I'm really excited for him. I feel like I can't think of anyone else in the league that deserves a ring more than him. <clears throat> such an amazing dude, such an amazing story. And I'm really happy for my city, man. It's like uh, not something we're used to. Uh, we have the Packers, which have, you know, we I've seen a Super Bowl in my lifetime, even though it was a while ago. But that's still, that's like Green Bay. Everyone in Wisconsin pretty much is a Packer fan regardless, so it's nice. But actually having a championship in the city of Milwaukee, pretty much no one in my generation has seen that because uh, it hasn't happened for the brewers it hasn't happened for the bucks we don't have an nhl team we really got nothing so it was huge i'm excited to see the parade tomorrow um and i'm just i'm just living the dream man what did you guys think of it i that that honestly might have been one of the most impressive performances out of a single player um in a finals appearance that i can remember in my life uh two 40 point games a 50 point game I mean, it seemed like every game he had the block, he had the dunk, like every game was kind of a highlight um, play. He shot 17-19 from free throws, which is hilarious because clearly the entire playoff script was to foul Giannis and and probably the most, yeah, actually the most important game of his entire career. He locks it up, shoots 17 of 19. Um, He just looked dominant the whole game, 14 rebounds, five blocks. We even talked about this. He probably could have had eight blocks if they weren't counted as um, goaltending. He just seemed like he was everywhere on the floor last night. You could tell Milwaukee wanted to close that out. Um, On the flip side, uh, Devin Booker looked helpless out there. I've never seen a player look that exhausted. Um, Shot 0-7 from three. Didn't really help the team out at all. The game started off really weird. We were watching it, and... Both teams seemed a little panicked, a little nervous. Um, obviously, one of the biggest games that you can be in in your career. And the Bucks ended up grabbing hold and not letting go. And it was just uh, impressive, to be honest, to be able to put the team on the back at many times where uh, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday took the day off and they shut up when it mean most. But congrats to the Bucks, man. Gee, you were the one that predicted it, right? At the jump, you um, said Bucks and six. I, I, I didn't even get it right because I had said seven. So what do you think? I did predict it right. And then when even when they went down 0-2, I, I went back and doubled down on that prediction. 
I don't know. I thought it was an amazing game. Giannis looked unstoppable. You could not stop him yesterday, even if you tried. You didn't, it didn't matter who was on the floor. No matter how good of a defender you are, you were not stopping Giannis. And he scored basically half of their points, like just under half of their points. And in a closeout game, like Billy said, I don't know if there's been a better single-game performance. On the flip side, Devin Booker, you expected more. Whether he was tired or not, minus 15, six turnovers, eight of 22 shooting, uh, you expected way more. And it just seemed like Giannis wanted it more than anyone else. And I think he deserved it. He deserved it the way he's played. Let's not forget this guy. Well, I personally thought he tore something in his knee when that injury happened. He was questionable game one and just hasn't looked back since. People forget that, but it, it, it went seeing it in real time. It looked bad. But he didn't. It didn't matter. He's um, he joins one of three players to win MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and Finals MVP. That joins Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon, which is a great company. And he's only 26. Um, another stat that I found was he's the second player in NBA history with three 40-point, 10-rebound games in a single Finals, joining only Shaq who did it in 2000. So that's how dominant he's been the entire series, and even the entire playoffs. And again, I don't think it could have ha- happened to a better dude. Like, he's just, he's so, such a pure guy and just love watching Giannis in his interviews and after the game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to bring it back to, I know uh, Devin Booker's, probably going to get the fall in this and so is Chris Paul but DeAndre Aiden minus seven 12 points and uh six total boards which is that's what he's there for the boards and get easy buckets um I mean honestly their best player the the, two of the best players are probably Jamison Crowder with 15 and he still shot two of nine from three and I personally thought Cameron Payne looked very good for them he only got 10 minutes shot four of six and two from two from three I'm curious why they didn't rotate him in more. Um, maybe just they tried to stick with what they were used to. Um, it was even weird seeing Frank Kaminsky come in. And Frank Kaminsky got 11 minutes. Um, d- definitely some interesting uh, rotations by the Suns. I know that there was some foul trouble, but it is what it is. Uh, shout out Bobby Portis for coming off the bench from the Bucks. Dropping on the show. 16. Um, it was hilarious watching Chris Paul try and square up with him and him just try and him and Bobby Portis laugh it off because Chris Paul would never want that smoke any day of the week with Bobby Portis. Um, but other than that, I the better team won, in my opinion. Um, the Suns, like I said on the last podcast, this is the first time they went up against a team with no major injuries, and it turned out that the better team came out on top. Um, shout out to Small Markets for winning this. It's been some time since they true small market team has won the NBA finals. Um, So it's going to be very interesting moving forward, showing that small market teams can win the NBA finals. It doesn't have to be all the bright stars. And now the Bucks got a target on their back for next year. Taryn, I think you're uh, muted. Taryn, you're muted. Wow. 
no, I was like, I, I was wondering why. Okay, that makes a lot. We'll fix sense. that. We'll fix that in post. Gina, you're just <laughs> gonna have to <laughs> no, totally put some uh, put some elevator music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair going. What I had said was, KB, I'm interested in your thoughts as someone who is super high on the Suns. Even picked them to take out my Bucks in five. What do you think uh, was the difference that you didn't see coming in, and what did you think about the series? I mean, Game Six really exposed the Suns in that it was a complete reversal of what Game One and Game Two looked like in terms of uh, rebounding, um, pressure, defensive pressure. Uh, the offense just didn't look great for the Suns. They looked very lackadaisical. I'm with Dilly here 100. percent They were definitely tired out, ran out of gas. Um, at the end there, it it just looked like they were going to live and die by their their five guys, their starters, um, the Suns, while the Bucks, they had Bobby Portis, obviously, to rely on off the bench. He provided that offensive spark, and though Connaughton had a goose egg for game six, he does provide that defensive presence that uh, ultimately makes a difference against Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um, and I think this actually shows what – Budenholzer can do as a coach. I know that Taryn, you have reservations about Mike Budenholzer, but the fact that he was able to make adjustments after those two losses in Phoenix, in which he could have arguably had game two, he was able to inspire this team to, to play better and for Giannis to take it to the next level. I think when we look back on Giannis's career, this this game six, this this finals is definitely um, something to write about and something that we'll always remember, especially for Bucks fans, because uh, he just looked ungod, he looked godly here, and I'm I'm surprised. I, I tweeted this. I saw the lines for 2022. I'm surprised the Bucks are not the favorites. They're going to be running back the same roster pretty much, um, with the exception of PJ Tucker. I think he's the only free agent, but obviously he didn't do much on the offensive end uh, for Game Six. Um, I I think he'll they'll be able to find a replication of him at least on the defensive end if they search um, in free agency. But if you're the Suns, I, I mean, I mean, where do you go from here? Chris Paul is going to be a free agent. Um, you know, he's probably going to inevitably ring chase. I don't know if the Suns want to offer Chris Paul an extension and for how much and for how long. Um, yeah, he, uh, he's actually he has a player option for forty four million next year for the Suns. Um, I don't I know not, if he turns that down. <laughs> I would not be surprised if he turns that down and tries to join up with uh, AD and LeBron in LA. I know Dilly, we talked about this. Um, you're not exactly no, no. on that one hundred percent. But with Chris Paul, he, him and Devin Booker have played well all season with DeAndre Ayton as well. So. I'm happy that he did get that finals appearance. Um, he was up 2-0, but at, in the end, Giannis is just Giannis, and you're not going to stop that when you don't have anyone on the defensive end. I mean, he scored 50 points in in a finals clinching game. That's that's Jordan esque right there. That, that's that's big time. So, um, yeah, happy for the Bucks. Uh, I had to throw away my son's ticket. For them to win the finals, it sucked, but on to next year, I guess. <laughs>
<laughs> Chris Paul is now also the only player to ever have a two and O lead in every stage of the playoffs and lose. Jesus. So that is not company you want to be around. That is one of the major. Re- I think he's cursed, man. And I, you, we could sign him for two million dollars, and I don't want him on the Lakers because Chris Paul cannot finish. It's just time and time again the guy's been in the playoffs. He's proven that he's he's a great player. He's still a Hall of Famer in my opinion, um, top five point guard of all time. But he. For whatever reason, he can't finish the job. Um, I was a little disappointed. And uh, I was saying it all last night, too, when we were watching the game. It just seemed like there there was something wrong with their head, man. They were passing up open shots, just trying to create for others. When Chris Paul and Devin Booker historically are dead-eye shooters, and they were passing up clean looks to try and get others involved when they should have just been taking shots themselves. So... I think the Bucks had him rattled, and it was pretty obvious last night. Um, how about you, Chino? What did you think about the last game? Um, man, it's just the Suns just looked gassed. They looked tired, exhausted, because they just beat them down the last couple games. And just shout out to Giannis, man. 50 points in a game. It's insane how dominant he is. Then... You know, everyone everyone played their part. We think I said at the start, I we need to have Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton helping them out, and that's exactly what they did the last two games. They helped Giannis out, and then Giannis just put them on his back on their back last night. Said, "I got it. Hold this. Hold this fifty point." So, I mean, y'all hit everything else. Shout out to Milwaukee. I know Taryn's happy. Taryn was cheering all night. Even when there was like 40 seconds last night, Taryn was like, yo, not yet. Not yet. They need to lock it down. Then once the clock hit zero, I think we lost Taryn for a good two minutes. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, he transcended. I was, I was screaming a little bit, as well as the other people throughout my apartment complex that I heard. Uh, did, yo, did, I, did, you, did you cry? Did you have tears in your eyes? Yeah, I did. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting to. Uh, that's usually only like a like a a Packer game thing for me. I'm a big baby, but but I yeah I I wasn't expecting it. But yeah, I did. Uh, I think partly just because on top of it being my team, being so happy for Giannis and just seeing him, that kind of got to me. So yeah, actually, I did. You emotional fuck. I remember when the the Cubs won. I did not. Maybe I was a little drunk, but I did not. You're cry. probably you being KB. Drunk, you were blackout. You were Pro- yeah, yeah. I was in college. It was my junior year of college when the Cubs won. I was oh, at yeah, a bar. This kid was gone. As soon as they won, the bartenders were shooting up the fu- the fucking uh, uh, soda guns and like everyone's throwing up their beers. It was amazing. Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, you're just not passionate enough then. That's what that's That's like. crazy, yeah, too, man. That, that was like a hundred year fucking streak you guys didn't win as a franchise. I mean, yeah. I've only been alive for 26 years, so. It's all right. I've been alive for 26 life. years, and I know all the pain <laughs> of being a Chargers fan. There that you was go. a good game, too, when the Cubs won. That was oh, I thought you were going to say a Chargers game. I'm like, what oh. games are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I have a question for you guys. Now that this season's over, now that we've seen Giannis transcend, literally God himself, um, is he the best player in the NBA right now? 
is there any argument against that? Because I, uh, I, like, I, I think he is definitely, he has to be number one. So I was actually curious because I was just looking up Jokic's stats for him winning MVP this year, right? Do you think the league didn't want to give Giannis it three times in a row for fatigue? Because their stats, very, very close. Um, Giannis ended up averaging um, actually more points than him, um, more rebounds than him. Jokic obviously is an assist master, so he had higher assist rate. I think the Nuggets had one more win than the Bucks. Obviously, you have uh, the Nuggets losing um, Jamal Murray, so that's going to obviously assist in the story of Jokic kind of bringing that team back, but how, do you guys think that Giannis could have taken that? And then if so, three years in a row MVP? Um, I I kind of agree with KB. I do believe he at this moment in time is the best player in the NBA, but I also feel like it's very like KD, we haven't seen a full year in two years. He didn't play in 2019 and he only played 20 or 30 games last year. Um, LeBron is 36, is going to be 37 next year. If Giannis can keep this up next year and continue this rampage that he's on, which is another thing, he's 26. He still has areas to improve in his game. Obviously, we know shooting. And the funny thing is, is sometimes shooting looks good, and then other times it looks like he's never taken a shot in his life. Um, he can definitely clean up the free throw game, obviously. Um I think he is the best player in the league right now, but I don't think it's by a giant margin. I think KD is right on his heels. That would be my second best player in the league, um, both for obvious reasons. that It's very hard to find a fault in KD's game other than injuries the last couple of years. But as of right now, Giannis is the best, and someone's going to have to dethrone him. if they, They're going to have to put up a hell of a season to get that title back as the best player in the NBA. I agree with you. I was thinking Kevin Durant right when I started pondering the question. Because it's really, I mean, it's him, it's Giannis, and it's LeBron. LeBron is on the the downward slope of his career. Still a top three player, but... You're, can, you know, you're canceled, dude. People aren't going to like that. Not, not <laughs> what he once was. Uh, and then, you know, it's so it, it's really Giannis and Kevin Durant. And I think a lot of people would lean Kevin Durant, despite what we've just seen, because of their play styles. It's like, uh, just because the, he, he's a shooter, and he can, I mean, pull up from anywhere on the floor and get you a bucket. Which, I get the value in that, but it's when it comes to scoring, even whether it's you know cool and flashy like that, or it's Giannis just playing bully ball down in the paint, I mean, he just, what, what do we just say? Two 40-point games and a 50-point game in the NBA Finals. Uh, that, like, I, I think that's pretty much a wash as far as scoring goes. And then just, like, the other aspects of their game, the rebounding defensively, uh, give me honest. So I think it's hard not to pick him. And I agree with what you said about the MVP. It's not like he got, like, snubbed anything crazy. But... I do think there was an argument for him, but he wasn't going to get it regardless unless he had like a historical season because of what you said. It's a narrative driven award at some points, which is why LeBron probably deserves like five, six, seven more MVPs than he has just because, you know, they want to give it to someone new and fun and exciting. And one, the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick 
Did you, because you mentioned him improving on his free throws. Did you see the story about how he was practicing for his free throws? Yeah, he, he made other people <laughs> suffer. So His coaches mad. and his girlfriend, every time he missed a free throw, they had to run. And he said that it helped him a lot because seeing people pay for his mistakes was torturous for him. It's just, God, I fucking love that guy. I would give him a kiss on his lips if I could. God damn it. <laughs> All right, Katie, you, uh, you look like you have something to say. Yeah. Uh, Dilly, you brought up the, the MVP award. I do think, I agree with Taryn, it is a narrative-based award. An MVP award doesn't necessarily mean you're the best player. With Jokic, that team would have not have gone anywhere if Jokic wasn't putting up the numbers he was. I know that with the Bucks roster as it's made, they do have stars on that team that if, say, Giannis were to go down, and it is sustainable that the Bucks would still be a top seed in the East. Um, so, again, with the numbers, even though they're identical, I do think there was, there was pressure on Giannis to outperform his other two MVP titles. The same thing that happened to Michael Jordan, uh, the first three-peat with the Bulls. Um, he had won the, the, the first two MVP awards, the first two titles, and then they gave the last one to Charles Barkley, who, um, you know, he had a monster season stat-wise, but couldn't get the job done. So I think that because the MVP award season is, or the MVP award is awarded during the playoffs, it is kind of just regular season-based. I'm sure that if it was awarded after the season, Giannis might have a, a larger say in if he takes home a third MVP title. But uh, regardless, um, Tara hit all, on all the points. KD, LeBron, and Giannis are definitely the top three. Uh, and, and with LeBron kind of fading away, I think we're, we're seeing the game kind of shift towards Giannis. It, it, it's in his hands now. So. Um, until proven otherwise, until someone comes comes up and steals it away from him, he, he's going to be the face of the NBA uh, moving forward, and he's going to be the best player in the league. I don't know if you guys caught that article from the Undefeated with Akeem Olajuwon. Um, I didn't know that Giannis had Nigerian roots. Um, mm-hmm. And there was an article where Hakeem translated what his last name means in their language. And his last name actually means uh, the crown has returned from overseas. That's which dope. that That's fire. Like, so that article came out two days before he won the the championship. What like that's such a like it's almost like born to do that. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of nuts. Um, how do you feel? I'm gonna, about I'm gonna get that shit tattooed on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the crown is returned from overseas. <laughs> what do you think, G? You seem to have some hot takes from time to time. <laughs> No, well, with the MVP award, I, I think a lot of that has to do with voter fatigue. Like, you see it all the time, just in every sport. Like, like Terrence said, LeBron should probably have more than however many MVPs he has. I think it's just voter fatigue. They want a fresh face, a fresh MVP. And that's, and that's uh, so where Giannis is going to struggle to get another one. Maybe he gets it next year because, oh, fresh face this year. Maybe we'll get it next year go back to him like they did with LeBron I believe after the Derek two after Derek Rose he won I think he won two more after that so I think that could happen but they just NBA wants a fresh face and 
and they got it this year in Jokic. And the best player, I don't know. There's too many options right now. You could go LeBron, you could go KD, you can go Giannis, throw Kawhi in there. You can do. There's so many good players in the NBA right now. It's tough to pick one. I think for sure, though, he is the most likable superstar in the NBA. I think I don't think there's a more liked superstar because obviously there's LeBron haters. There's a lot of people hate Kevin Durant. There's people who hate Steph. There's people who hate Kawhi. You know, he didn't do much, but I think he's certainly the most likable superstar. But there's a lot, a lot of good players in the NBA still. All right, so don't be a coward and give me your best player in the NBA. <laughs> Definitive gun to your head. Who's the best player in the NBA? Kevin Durant. Okay, see, there it is. There it is. Is there like a particular oh, no. reason that you oh, like no. him over Giannis? Pardon? Sorry? Is there a particular reason that you would choose him to be number one over Giannis? Um, uh, probably a late game situation. You need a bucket. Who's more likely to get you a bucket? I think I'm going with Kevin Durant. Okay, that's fair. I guess the, to, the, to to back him up, there is the aspect of where if Giannis needs a late game bucket, he's probably driving, whereas KD can still drive. KD obviously still has an inside game. I think he just has a couple more chances to get any look on the floor, essentially, versus Giannis is a little more limited. So I kind of get that. Chino, how about you? I can't wait for it to be like Clay Thompson. No, it's to me, it's Giannis. Just the utter dominance that he's showed through this whole finals. And I feel it's him, KD, and LeBron. And every time y'all say LeBron, I, all I think is of the RDC video. I'm 36. <laughs> Shout out to Mark, man. He's dope. Isn't that but, crazy that at 36 years old, he's still up there, man? Like, yeah. that is nuts. Like, what besides like Tom Brady, I guess, what old ass head is considered like still top of their game, especially in like such a physically demanding aspect like that? Probably well, just him and Rodgers. He's not young. He is not young. True. It's also not on the starting roster. Uh, <laughs> he certainly is, thank they, they just won a championship. Leave Taron alone. <laughs> yeah. just no back. Just the amount of Mitch, Roger Federer, dropping a doll, they're all close to 40 and they're out, they dominate everybody. I mean, how, yeah. how old is Sydney could Crosby's you throw like 34? It's a different sport. I feel like you have a lot longer of a shelf life, but like in golf, how old was Tiger when he won his last major? Was that was that like two years ago? He had to be up, he has to be up there, no? Or does he just feel old because he's been well, he's had like 19 back surgeries. Yeah, that too. I mean, he's old. He won a major, but I wouldn't say he's dominating the game of golf right now. Well, yeah, I guess that's he's not even playing. Get well soon, Tiger. Come on the show. (laughs) Imagine Tiger Woods on the show with us. No, I don't want to imagine Tiger on the show. So, do you you, do you value shooting more than just overall? Like, so have you guys seen that meme where it's like, is Giannis a hooper or is he a basketball player? Like, yeah. KD's a hooper to me. Like, KD's a fucking hooper. Like, he's going to go out and get a yeah. Uh So, my thing is, oh, yeah. with with Giannis, he has more of an impact on the game from minute one to minute 48. Um, though, G was saying, you know, KD can hit the clutch shot. He can hit the shot. He, he can 
create his own shot. He can you can trust him to hit uh, a bucket when you need it. Giannis, he he imposes his will and his his impact on the game through all four quarters. Uh, his ability to to dive into the paint, to to command defenders on him, and to free up three point shooters. Um, he's someone that you have to game plan around your whole defense. While with KD, he's going to have those hot nights where he's untouchable. But if you have a good defender, you can you can kind of get away with um, you know playing one on one defense with him and. Um, with shooting, obviously, it's you're gonna have hot and cold nights. While Giannis, he's he's constantly gonna get easy buckets at the rim because he he can get there so easily. So, um, you know that 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 is one of the biggest reasons why I think he's he's more of an impact player than KD, and I would consider him the best right now. And also, I mean, results based. KD had Kyrie and James Harden on his team, and he couldn't get anywhere. Giannis has Chris Middleton. Go Drew Holiday's respect, bro. Anders <laughs> said the sloth around me. Okay. Chris Middleton's a legend. I agree with you then. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, if he just for Giannis, else? though, he's only 26, man. He's yeah, only 26. I believe uh, I saw a graphic where it was like him, LeBron, one other player. Might have been Shaq or Kobe. I don't remember. It was one of them. He's the only one to have two MVPs, a ring, and a Defensive Player of the Year by 26. None of those other guys, none of them even had a ring by the time they were 26. Jordan only had one MVP. Um, it's it it's crazy. It feels like he's been around forever, kind of at least to me, being a Bucks fan. But 26, there's he's got a lot more to do that he that he can accomplish in this league before it's his time to retire and I can't wait to see what that is. Hopefully it's all in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you, did you guys see him go to Chick-fil-A and get that 50 piece? Oh yeah. my God. It, it was so... Do you bro, mind, do so you mind nice being on live? Yeah. There's 150,000 yeah, people. <laughs> not 49, not 51, 50. 50. <laughs> shout out, shout out Chick-fil-A. Sponsor yeah. the show, please. Sponsor oh, the show. Hey, if Chick-fil-A sponsored the show, the diet's off. <laughs> it's and a then, rat, bro. And then I sent you guys that TikTok of him getting the uh the blowjob uh yeah. thing the, the ring. Yeah, the bell. Okay. Freak 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 on the court, freak in the sheets, baby. He's a legend, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh before we move on from basketball real quick, just because I've seen it. Obviously, the trade rumors with Chris Paul to the Lakers and Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. Um, is there any other fits that you guys would see either of those guys going that you can just think of off the top of your head? Both of them have – obviously, I think the best situation would be Chris Paul to opt out and take less money somewhere else. The Russell Westbrook contract is kind of ridiculous. Um, it's a lot of burden for someone to take on. I know you guys are flaming me for wanting Kemba Walker earlier and taking on that contract, but Russell Westbrook's almost $12 million more than that. Um, is there any team that you think is willing to kind of give Russell Westbrook another chance? That's, no, you're that's the, tough, the... man. Ahead, he's man. like a he's not a player that just fits anywhere. Like a lot of these other, like like a Dame or a Kemba or even a Chris Paul, as much as I don't like him. 
because of their play style. He has a play style similar to like a Giannis more so. He's not a great shooter. He's very much um, aggressive, bully ball, and it's a little bit weird from the point guard position. It's it's a lot harder to build around that, I think. So it's, it's a little strange finding a spot for him. Chris Ball could fit, I think, a lot of places. I always keep going back to Miami for these point guards, whether it's him, Dame, Kemba, just because I think with if they get a guy like that, plus Jimmy Butler and Bam, they could make a little bit of noise. But Russell know, Westbrook a... and Jimmy Butler on a team sounds oh, like boy. the biggest <laughs> and, nightmare in that locker room. And, and that's why I'm just talking about Chris Paul. Russell Westbrook, I've <laughs> yeah. got no fucking idea. But, yeah, that's that's what comes to me. Also, the Pelicans, I think, would be interesting for a couple of those guys. Yeah, because they're probably going to lose Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, the main reason I was – I don't want to – I would love Westbrook for not $50 million. Um it's just I don't think we've ever seen him as the third option in his career. Even when you go back to OKC, he was still the better player than James Harden at that point in their career. Um, he's never been the number three option. I don't know if he could deal with being the number three option, not getting as many shots. Um, I would definitely would want him getting more looks than LeBron or AD if he was on the Lakers. And I don't know if he could really live with that. Um, he is from L.A., so played at UCLA, so maybe a little hometown discount. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, he's going to be a tough... That whole situation, you know, it's not a good situation for the Wizards. Um, He clearly... It seems like he doesn't really want to be there. It's going to be a hard thing to move. Um, It just seems... This is the season of hard players to move. We still have Ben Simmons that... It's rumored that he's going to get chipped out. And this offseason is going to be nuts, man. I mean, we're going to have the draft. The offseason's right around the corner. And then, like, 90 days, it's back to basketball. Um, and I do think some of these guys move. I actually, um, I don't think Dame's going to end up moving this season, but I very much think Damon or uh, not Dame, Kemba Walker, um, Ben Simmons, those guys are gone. And even Russell Westbrook of the can, but who it, it's just, who wants to take on that contract if it's worth it? Because if you're a contender, you don't have $50 million just to give up for a season for a guy like that. I mean, I wouldn't understand if it was da- you're getting Damon Lillard or Steph Curry, a guy that's going to go out there and he can get you a bucket anytime. He guy's a team player, but to your credit, he's almost like a mini Giannis, but worse. Um, yeah, it's impressive. He's going to make the Hall of Fame because of all his triple doubles, but I've said this so many times. I've never been less impressed with a player to get a triple double average than Russell Westbrook. It just seems like it's not, just seems like very like he's stat padding and not doing what's best for the team. That could be my opinion. Um, but I, Russell Westbrook's always been kind of a weird player to fit in teams. Um, I I keep hearing rumors of Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony coming to the Lakers, and I don't know how I feel about just signing vet shooters. Um, didn't really work out with Danny Green. Um, I think Melo's got a good thing going on in Portland. So I'm curious. I'm just very curious how this offseason's going to go. Once again, it pro- nothing's probably going to start until Kawhi Leonard either opts out or signs somewhere. Yeah. KB, would you like one of them on the Bulls? Uh, probably not. Um, <laughs> this is this is kind of results based. Uh, Chris Paul would, I think, he would actually fit in nicely with Levine and Usovich, but um, I mean, he he basically has the same type of players in Phoenix with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. Um, those two have some very similar skill sets to the current 
uh, too, on the Bulls. I'd rather see them go younger with Chris Paul, again, because he has the opt-out clause. He, he can basically sign with any team for any amount. It's just how badly does he want to ring. And with Russell Westbrook, that, country, that, that, that contract is literally disgusting. So I don't want any part of that. I don't care if he's averaging a quadruple double. Um, it's statistic. It's proven that he cannot win with help and without help. He had his chance to, you know, do it on his own in Oklahoma City, and he also had his chance to do it with Duran uh, Harden on the team. Like when when I know that you're not gonna get me a championship, and you're on the decline, so to say, because he's get, he is getting older, uh, and you're getting paid fifty million. That's that that's not attractive to me at all. And Again, I would question the fit on the Lakers because he is so ball heavy, and so is LeBron. Um, it just wouldn't work. Um, so yeah, keep them both far away from me. They're both great players, but um, yeah, give me. I'd rather have Lonzo. I would say that, yeah, just because yeah. of the age. Yeah, it's it's tricky, especially with that contract. Giving fifty million dollars to a player, and Oh no! I don't. I off the top of my head, no clue where he would go. But no, we'll find out soon. Hopefully, what happens? Imagine the Knicks get him. <laughs> I was actually just. I was just him. looking at the standings, and could be wrong. Uh-oh. Sixers trade Ben Simmons. What if they take Chris Paul? Uh, maybe I can see that it's just that'd like be, the shitty thing is, is there's a lot of really good point guards in the league right now so for Chris Paul to sign somewhere you're either going to run like a two guard back um, obviously just looking at his teams he's not going to sign with I mean I guess he could sign with the Nets technically I guess they play Kyrie at the two don't it's God that team the egos on the Nets if he went there um, don't see him on the Bucks. I really don't see him on the Knicks He's probably going to want to go to a contender. No offense. I don't think the Knicks are going to be a big contender next year. Maybe the Hawks. Hawks made a lot of noise this year. Uh, maybe he gets back there with Trey Young. Don't see him going to the Heat. I don't see him going to the Celtics. And in the West, the Jazz pretty much have their backcourt. Unless Mike Con- they swap out Chris Paul for Mike Connolly. Mike Connolly goes somewhere. Maybe that happens. Maybe he ve- gets less with the Suns, re-signs to bring in help. There's a lot of options for him, but... I just don't know what it's going to be. I mean, maybe people just don't want the Chris Paul curse. Yeah. I mean, those guys got to just swallow their pride at this point and realize that they can't be the, the first option on a team that wins a championship. So I think Chris Paul kind of realized that in Phoenix, and that's why they, they had success getting into the finals. I think Westbrook is also kind of having trouble with that notion of being a number two or number three guy. On a team that wins finals, so it's like that Wolverine meme where he just looks at like him, KD, and Harden on the Thunder back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, I mean, before we move on, does anybody have anything else to touch on NBA related? No, no, sir. Nope. All righty. Well. In other current events, as we speak, I believe, the NHL expansion draft is happening, yes? The new team, the Seattle Kraken, right? My new hockey team. 
<laughs> Hat he gets you on Friday. Our resident Canadian and hockey aficionado. What are what do you think? Do you do you like the way they did it? What do you think about some of the picks that have leaked? Give me your breakdown. Well, the draft started at eight Eastern, but the picks are getting leaked at 11 this morning, so I pretty much already <laughs> knew the picks already. And there's some interesting choices. They passed on Carey Price. They passed on Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, they passed on a guy like Gabriel Landeskog, who was a free agent, who they would have had to sign. Some of these picks are I like, like Giordano, very solid defenseman, a little older, but He's really good. Um, I do like the player they took from St. Louis, who was Vince Dunn, a nice young offensive defenseman. But some of these do not make sense to me. Like, but there's probably stories behind all of them. Like the Carolina pick, they left Jake Bean on on the board and took a guy, Morgan Geeky, who hasn't really done much in his NHL career. But I found out recently, like maybe about an hour ago, that the current GM actually picked him when he was in Carolina. And there's like a tie there. He's young, he's cheap. So there's probably a reason for all of them, but I don't. We were talking how they could be a contender last episode, but with some of the picks they made, I don't see it. They went a little younger and maybe. It'll take a year or two if they get good progression, but I don't think they're going to be a contender right out of the gate like Vegas was. Interesting. All right. it, KB? I think it was super incredibly interesting, one, seeing all the picks leak and everyone basically knowing what, what players they have. Um, but we, we started seeing this early and noticing early that they, they're going with a lot of low-cost players um and passing on again some of the big names that G mentioned um even though they come with a, you know a, a large salary cap hit um those guys are stars like uh, Gabriel Landeskog the, the the captain for the Avalanche he's he's a stud Carey Price is obviously a stud uh Tarasenko he's he's a sniper in his own right and he actually wanted out of St. Louis but um you know they go with the defenseman Vince Dunn um, I did like some of their signings. Um, Jordan Eberle from the New York Islanders, um, Yanni Gord from the World Champion Lightning, uh, and then got a couple wings in Donsko and Tanev and McCann that uh, can put up points for you, for for Seattle. So what I'm seeing here is I think that there are trades and free agent signings that they have to to do. I think that's coming. Even with Mark Giordano, even though they they took him from Calgary, I'm hearing that he might get traded to the Rangers. Um, so this roster is far from being complete. They do definitely still need to get um, salary cap. Because um, I, I believe they, they're still under the, the allowable threshold for salary. So they need to bring in bigger players. I think they're going to do it over free agency and trades. We'll see what happens, but from what I'm seeing among the hockey community, they do not think that this team and this draft went well for Seattle, given the players on the board and what you could have had. So, again, we are a Seattle Kraken podcast, but 
Uh, <laughs> a rough expansion draft, to say the least. Never. I have a question. With the leaks, was it like the teams that put it out? Or like what happened there? No, it was just insiders. Oh. Um, it's just like with everything, man. People will be talking. Shit always gets yeah. out about different stuff. That's true. Um, I have a question for you guys, uh, more directed to G and KB, because you, you both seem to think they're not going to be a contender right away, unlike how Vegas was. Do you think that Vegas, when when they had their expansion draft, do you think there was a better pool of players to select from, or do you think they just did a better job of constructing their team right out of the gate? Um, I think they did a much better job job of constructing their team. Like they had a goalie available, Mark Andre Fleury, who's obviously still there, who's won a cup in Pittsburgh and was very good. They had a they did take a good goalie to Seattle and uh, Chris Drieger. They signed him to a cheapish contract, but Drieger's not Carey Price. There's not, um, and um, they took. Uh, more skilled players they instead of like like skilled players who haven't got a chance to show their worth Vegas did Seattle took young players that still need to develop like from Montreal they took Kale Fleury he's played in the NHL before but he was never like a staple on Montreal he was always in the minors or this year he was on the taxi squad so he's obviously needs time to develop and turn into a good um, defenseman. But Vegas, um, maybe Vegas was an anomaly. Maybe they're just, it just happened that they were, that they came out of the gate and played as well as they did. But like we said before, like it was Vladimir Tarasenko's on the board. I don't know how you pass him up, whether you want Vince done or not. Like Tarasenko's, a 50 goals potential score all over the place. And I don't know. I don't think they did their best in this draft. They did take some defensemen like Jamie Alexiak from Dallas and Adam Larson from Edmonton, who they signed to contracts, signed to some decent sized contracts that are going to play. But when there's those big names that you can take on the board, um, and you don't take them, I think that's more on you. Even though I do have a theory of why they didn't take Carey Price, other than the contract and the fact that he's injured, I believe that if they took him, he was just going to retire. Being 34 and injured, I just I don't know. That's a theory. I could, could be, be completely wrong or in that case, but that's the way I saw it. But, yeah, maybe maybe Vegas just – was an anomaly. Uh, I think the main difference with the the Kraken expansion draft that we see is they 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 trended towards younger guys, while Vegas went for more experience. Um, I know Vegas during their draft they took um, Jonathan Marchessault and William Carlson, David Perron, and Mark Andre Fleury. Obviously, he's been in the league for literally a century. Um, but when you go with those guys who have experience and leadership, um, it's easier for a team to, to, to play well. While a lot of the, the Kraken guys that they, they have 
are, are essentially minor league players, but, you know, have, have potential rather than the actual stats to back up uh, their skill. So I think that's the direction they're going. Again, we'll see Vegas made 10 trades on expansion draft day in 2017. Uh, we've yet to hear of any trades with the Kraken, but um, just looking at the roster right now, again, it, it is definitely less impressive than Vegas. And as far as your question, Taryn, I, I don't think the, the available players, the pool of players was not less talented than what Vegas had in 2017. Um, and also with, with this draft, you can pick free agents from these teams, um, but it's up to the player to sign with them and, and get a new contract. I think it's a lot easier to convince someone to play in Vegas than it is in Seattle, even though Seattle is, I'm sure it's beautiful, but Vegas, come on, man. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Um, Vegas made a lot of trades on their expansion draft day. They made trades with teams to not select one of their players like and instead just to select someone else they made they picked players traded them i think they ended up having like three firsts in their first draft one of them being nick suzuki no big deal montreal canadian um but then they like they traded two of them like they traded suzuki for a guy like patcheretti they traded uh, Eric Brandstrom, one of their best prospect defensemen from their new captain, Mark Stone. So I think get it, getting those picks, getting assets, and then flipping them for players like Pacioretty, like Stone, who are fantastic players. They were a big reason why they got to the, to the uh, semifinals this year. And Mark Stone signed their long-term. And I think they just... GM just did a better job um, working with teams, working with working the board, and just finding ways to gain assets and put out the best team possible. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. So to to close this out, before we move on to another topic, I think we wanted to touch on a little bit of NI of um, NFL. You guys seem to both think not contenders. However, what what is like a what's a real realistic expectation? Um, a deep playoff run, a playoff appearance, first round exit. What what do you guys? If you had to put money on it, um, so so looking at the live futures lines on the NHL, this, the Kraken didn't really move much after, even after the leaking of the rosters and obviously the expansion draft that was tonight. Um, with with hockey, I think it's a reasonable goal for every team to try and make the playoffs because of it being such a crapshoot once you make the postseason. So if the Kraken were to make the playoffs, I think that's a, a realistic goal for any hockey team that they should have. And if they make it, then Seattle is going to be absolutely electric. I think that, you know, th this city has been craving, you know, a sports team other than the Seahawks for a while now. They, I think it's, um, just an, a matter of time before they get um, an NBA team back up there. So um, happy for Seattle, their team. We'll see. I mean, hockey is such a crapshoot nowadays. Um, any team can make it. 
No respect to the shitbag Mariners. I see how it yeah, is. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was waiting for the Mariners. When was the last time they made the playoffs? <laughs> a very long time. They had King Felix, and that was it. Yeah. Was that when fucking Ichiro was playing or Ken Griffey Jr.? <laughs> yeah. I was trying not to hold him. I laughed. That shit bag team is doing better than the Angels. Fuck my <laughs> life, dude. <laughs> expectations for the Kraken? Um, I think it's based on the players they took. I think it's going to be tough for them to even make the playoffs. Like they have guys with good experience, like Yanni Gord, who obviously won with Tampa two years in a row, was a big part of their very good third line. Hayden Fleury played in in Anaheim, but he's played in Carolina before. They took Giordano, a good uh, experienced defenseman. They took Donskoy, who played Colorado, that was very good and big part of their. His, Actually, very good on the power play and very good for their team. Eberle, obviously, but there's, I don't think they have the depth. I don't think they have the top end talent either. And Drieger played well last year, but who knows what next year is going to bring. So I think it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. The Mariners have the longest current postseason throughout 19 years. Again, fuck the mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, um, I think that's it for hockey. You guys have anything to add after that? No, I think for hockey, hockey we're good. <laughs> um, go Habs. Okay. My favorite player of all time gets to stay on my favorite team. We're okay. <laughs> I'm happy for you, G. Well, that Thank would you. suck. Have your favorite player of all time just poached by an expansion team. Yeah. Lame. Well, good thing it didn't happen. Carey Price stays with our Montreal Canadiens. We are Jesus good to go. Christ. Don't go Christ me. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to what should be America's pastime. Sorry if that makes anyone upset. Uh, the NFL. Canceled. <laughs> Sorry, I was just all the old whites right there. <laughs> Come on. Uh, we are 50 days away from football. Um, something that we wanted to talk about here. What are some players that you guys are most excited to watch this season outside of your favorite team? Dilly, Dilly, we'll start with you. Um, I got a couple on offense and a couple on defense. Um, to start, I'm actually really, honestly, the most, the player I'm most looking forward to seeing this year because he got injured way too early last year, is Dak Prescott. Um, Very winnable division. Like we talked about it earlier, was putting up crazy yardage. Um, I just want to see how he can come off that injury. Um, I think the Cowboys win that division. I know a lot of people have Washington winning that division. Um, I think Dallas is the best quarterback. They have probably the worst defense in the division. Um, But I think the weapons are there. Um, Dak got paid. Um, let's see if he doesn't fall back into his, when players get paid, they tend to fall off just like his teammate Zeke. Um, but also excited on that same team. Hopefully we see a rise of Tony Pollard snaps. I know Taryn's on board with me with 
the Tony Pollard train. Um, other than that, I'm actually very excited for Allen Robinson once they actually get their real starting quarterback um, in Chicago going. This guy has never had a good quarterback in his entire career and has balled out. Um, it's been very similar to when um, DeAndre Hopkins was balling back in the day with Tom Savage as his quarterback and Brock Osweiler. Um, some guys are just certified ballers. And I'm very excited to see Allen Robinson play this year. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, couldn't pick my boy Derwin because he's on my team. Um, I'm actually very interested to see if Chase Young can do the same thing he did his rookie year and bring it back. Um, so that's someone that I definitely want to look out for. And I'm actually, geez, boy, because he's going to, I saw that he was rumored he's going to get paid somewhere around 19 mil a year. I'm pretty hyped to see Darius Leonard this year. Um, definitely the core soul of that uh, Colts defense. And they're going to need some defensive help with Carson Wentz at the helm. Sorry, G. Uh, they're going to need to get some stops and to make some t second chance points for him. But yeah, there's a lot of good players I want to see this year, man. Um, I even debated putting Matt Stafford on the list just because this is by far the best team he's ever had in his career. But definitely most excited about Dak Prescott. Chino, how about you? Uh, no. Oh, you got something wait. to say, G? G, you got something to say? I was just going to say that Carson Wentz uh, comment was uncalled for. <laughs> That's also true, though. He hasn't been good in four years. G, who are your favorite players? Yeah, let's go with G first. Uh, well, players I'm looking forward to. Well, one of them is actually in my division, so uh, I want to see him do well against every other team, and it's Trevor Lawrence. I want to see – there was so much hype around him ever since he got to Clemson, five-star. He's always the next guy. He's, people call him the best quarterback since Andrew Luck. Some people had him rated higher than Andrew Luck. He was my number one quarterback this year, as he probably was for a lot of people. He actually got one of the highest grades I've ever given. And I just want to see how he does – in the NFL, because obviously you can do it in college. A lot of people have done it in college. Not a lot of people can do it in the NFL. And Hey, guys. Welcome back. Sorry about that. We had a uh, brief moment of technical difficulties. Audio cut off. Uh, I believe we left off with G talking about Trevor Lawrence um, as we're going through our uh, NFL players we're excited to watch. So my whole, my whole cast of co-hosts are cracking up laughing right now, and I'm not sure why. So I'm sorry, guys. This, yeah, is, sorry. this is the kind of mediocrity that I have to deal with every single time we record an episode. Oh, <laughs> man. What's happening. Yeah. It's all good Thanks. vibes here at the Dump Off Podcast. Never a dull moment with the boys. But anyway, Gee. You know, for, he didn't lose the podcast. That's, that's, that's Gee, I man. believe you were touching on uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence, if you want to continue. Yeah, well... Just to wrap it up, just saying a lot of people, a lot of quarterbacks come from college and they struggle. Trevor Lawrence was, is supposed to be different based on how everyone scouted him. And I'm just ready to see if he's the real deal, which, again, I believe he is. But now it's time to prove it in the NFL. And players I'm looking forward to seeing on defense are two players that got injured. Last year, one of them is Dilly's boy, and it's Derwin James. He was amazing his rookie year, and he's been hurt 
ever since, and I'm just so excited to see him back on the field. I think the Chargers defense needs Derwin James. Derwin James is a huge part of that defense. He's out, an outstanding safety. When he's healthy, I believe he's probably the best safety in the league, but I, I want to see it again. And the other guy is Nick Bosa. Um, obviously, he uh, tore his ACL last year. He got injured quite early after having, again, an amazing rookie year. I'm excited to see how he comes back, how he rehabs that injury, and see how many sacks he can put up. Yeah, I like that. I feel similarly. I, I'll just actually jump in really quick because um, some of those are related to mine. Uh, defensively, Derwin James is also my number one. He's been one of my favorite players in the league since he's been drafted. Uh, incredibly fun to watch play. I think he's the best safety in football. I would have been excited to watch him regardless. Hoping he could stay healthy. And now having... Um, Brandon Staley in there in Los Angeles. I'm even more excited than I was previously. And I have one more guy, too. It's a little bit of a weird one. Brian Burns. I'm I'm really excited to watch on the Panthers. He had a quiet, incredibly good year last year. Tied with Khalil Mack for pressures, I believe was fifth or sixth in the league, somewhere in there. And pressures generally are more predictive of performance for pass rushers than sacks are, because sacks can be a little bit finicky. So I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. I'm really excited to see how he does. Offensively, Carson Wentz is is one, because it's a guy that I was... It's one of those guys that I've taken an L on, per se. Um, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong on these players. I was a huge Carson Wentz guy defender, supporter, whatever you want to call it, for his whole career up until last year because last year was pretty much undefendable. However, if it's if he's going to have a bounce back, it's going to be with Frank Reich, who is was there with him when he was on track to probably win an MVP. I'm really excited to see how that's going to go, if he fooled us all in the beginning of his career or if we are reading too much into this one year on a shitty Eagles team. And then another quarterback I'm excited to watch, Trey Lance. If Assuming he gets playing time, obviously. This one, I'm going to be really curious because I was... He's one of those guys that was really in the draft process. You either loved him or weren't sure. I know G was a huge Trey Lance guy. That was his quarterback number two, I believe, in the class. Not yeah. for me. Um, however, I'm starting to like wonder if I need to tweak my player evaluations a little bit for the modern day NFL. It seems like a lot of the guys that shouldn't be having that much success based on what we've seen in college are coming in and doing well. I, Josh Allen was a guy that I wasn't huge on and now look at him, Justin Herbert, another one who I still have my reservations about. I want to see him another year, but those just like the big toolsy guys that they're, they're not precise as far as accuracy or that kind of thing what you like about them is their big arm playmaking ability all that sort of stuff it's and that's the reason why i wasn't super super high on trey lance but if the league is trending in a direction where a lot of these coaches are really figuring out how to utilize these guys and improve their accuracy and other things they need to improve on 
then maybe Trey Lance will be good. And, and I think if he is really good, that that's definitely another sign of that. And that'd be like three for three recently with that kind of guy. Um, and it would really make me look at how I evaluate these players. JB, how about you? So a couple of players on offense, mostly the quarterback position, obviously. I'm definitely interested in seeing Joe Burrow out of Cincinnati and Tua uh, out of Miami, how they progress in their second year. Um, under their teams, they've obviously both have gotten uh, weapons added to their respective wide receiving core. Um, and I think with the fan base in Miami especially, uh, there is there is pressure for Tua to perform here. Um, he's finally been handed the keys, uh, no longer a, uh, a timeshare with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And with this Miami team, how it's constructed with that defense and its added weapons, um, they're expected to make noise, and Tua needs to be a big part of that. So um, Tua, Joe Burrow as well. Um, they've quick, gotten before good. you move on to like your defensive players, and you can finish up on offense if you're going, you should also pull up. I'm curious, do you know Tua's props at all as far as like his total yardage or touchdown props for this year? Uh, let's see. I know he's plus six thousand to win the MVP, which oh, that's, I don't know yeah. if he gets the stats for that. That's... And I don't know about that. Yeah, that's a lot. But like, if you're, I feel like a lot of people are not expecting much of him. Most people don't think he's it. So if you're a big Tua guy like myself, then I think there could be some value in those numbers. And right when you said that, it was uh, the the thought just came into my head, and I'm really curious. If Tua goes out uh, and sucks this year, Taryn, how long do you hang on to the Tua hype? Well, it depends on what do you mean by sucks. Like, if he's really just, like, no improvement, like, then... Like, uh, I'm trying to compare him to still turning the ball over quite a bit, not converting big downs, kind of just stuff like that. Not, You know what I It's kind of like a weird... I don't expect him to go out and drop 40 touchdowns. You know, I don't think any... I'm, maybe you do expect him to go drop in 40 touchdowns. But, um... Like, I don't even know how to word that. Well, so for me, it, it I, I'm totally willing to take an L on a guy that I really loved in the draft if I don't think he's good. But it just depends on the context, as everything else does. If Tua goes out there and the wide receivers come in and do what they're supposed to do and Jalen Waddell is good and Will Fuller stays healthy, they're getting separation... Uh, the offensive line is improved and it's at least an average unit and he's still just not being aggressive, which for me was his biggest problem. The few snaps that he took last year and turning the ball over all of that stuff, a full season of that with a much better situation. And I'm willing to say, okay, we, I was probably wrong on him. I don't know whether it was just, he had too easy of a situation in Alabama. If the injury long-term has screwed him up. But there, there's a world where that happens for sure. It's really just going to depend on the context. Okay. So with Tua, what I'm looking at live lines, he is projected 4,000 passing yards, and the line is set at over 24 and a half, over under 24 and a half passing touchdowns. So. 24 and a half touchdowns? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. He does. He's he's, he's going to hit over on 24 In passing. 17 games? Let me get yeah. into Ovada right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do think quick. that is a little low. What's his uh, rushing at? His rushing touchdowns. Wild, bro. Do we even have rushing touchdowns? touchdowns for... Like, how many touchdowns did Drew Locke have last year? 
Oh, he probably was... not even twenty four touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, but he was like the worst quarterback in football. Him or Carson Wentz. Well, Daniel Jones is also in contention there with twenty eight turnovers every year. It's weird they have rushing rushing stat props for Trevor Lawrence and not Tua. I would consider him. Drew Lock had I mean, sixteen touchdowns. Drew Lock had sixteen <laughs> touchdowns, probably and fifteen worst, interceptions. <laughs> the worst starting quarterback in football in a pretty good situation offensively, and that's in sixteen games. Like he played thirteen for, games, and he only played thirteen games. Oh, bro! Yeah, come on. You could be a two hater and think that he fucking gets to twenty four touchdowns. That line. Daniel right. Jones had eleven touchdowns last year. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's Daniel Jones. But... Yeah. Daniel Jones is yeah. something else. When you give away half your offensive possessions, it's hard to score passing touchdowns. <laughs> right. So, right. Yep. But anyway, sorry, sorry to derail that. I just wanted to hit on that before I forgot and before you moved on. You could Yeah, no, no. Definitely definitely interested in the lines if you think Tua, Tua is going to perform this year. Um, but yeah, Joe Burrow, Tua, and then my last offensive player that I'm interested in is... Uh, Ryan Tannehill um, with Julio Jones. I guess this is the tandem. I'm interested to see how Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones acclimate with each other uh, with A.J. Brown, Julio, Derrick Henry, and that offensive line. I think Ryan Tannehill has all the tools to to have the Titans be you know, a high-powered offense and to put up some points this year. So interesting to see how he does uh, in the South. I think that it's their division to lose. So, um, I think there's a lot of excitement in Nashville for for Tennessee to make it far this year. Um, they've been pretty close. I think the Julio deal um, really puts them on another level um, offensively. And then on the defensive side, I know we said not to pick our own team, but I have to go with my guy, Khalil Mack. What a cheater. Um, All right, I picked up. Derwin James. Darnell <laughs> Savage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Leo Max, the truth. Even though he's had some some shitty stats since he came to the Bears in terms of you know sacks and tackles, um, but you know to Terrence point, he does still top the league or is, is one of among the top in the league in QB pressures. So um, even though the results have not shown in terms of sack numbers and um, you know, tackles for losses. He's still one of the most impactful players, defensive players in the league. I think that he has a, a bounce back year um, coming up with the Bears. Um, and he, in a way, shuts out shuts out the haters that, you know, were questioning if the Bears gave up too much for him in terms of the two first-round picks. Um, he, is, he is and will always be the anchor of this defense. So, um, what'd you say? I said which they did. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Hey, Cleo Mack Defender. He's consistently one of the best pressure getters in the league from the pass rushing position. But when you don't have a quarterback, you should not be giving up two firsts for him. And I'll die on that hill. I mean, we made the playoffs with Trubisky. Fight, 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 fight. Congrats. <laughs> I, 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 I stand by this. If it weren't for the double doink, I think we would have made the Super Bowl that year. So fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, Cleo Mack. I'll see Taryn and Jordan Love week six. Packers <laughs> can't wait. Uh, and who's left? Chino. Yeah. Um, Why don't you give us your guys? Wow, y'all took a lot of them. 
already. Um, I was going to say Allen Robinson because he finally has the quarterback to throw in the ball. And, and Justin Fields. But I'm also looking forward to seeing Calvin Ridley in Atlanta. No more Julio. So I'm very interested on what he's going to do. Now he's the number one in Atlanta. Him and Kyle Pitts as a duo with Matt Ryan at the helm. I want to see what kind of noise they can make. What that team going to look like. So that's one of them. Also, Herbert. I'm interested in what he does. He blew it up last year, rookie of the year. I want to see if he can keep it up. He's in a very tough division with Pat Mahomes. So let's okay. see, let's see what he got. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to see if he can light it up again, keep it going. Joe Burrow, how is he going to look like after that injury? Is that link still going? Is that link from him and Jamar Chase from at LSU? Is that going to transfer over to the NFL now? So, and on the defensive side, I'm looking forward to seeing JJ Watt, what he can do in Arizona now that he's finally out of the shit show that is Houston. Looking forward to him. And yeah, pretty much it. I mean, I could say my own team, Mika Parsons. I want to see what he can bring on the on the defense because lord have mercy the cowboys aren't gonna be able to stop the bleed again so we'll see what we can do is there any other players y'all are y'all excited guys, about i'm just i'm curious how do you guys think the cardinals defense is going to be this year with the uh addition of jj watt and they drafted uh they drafted a linebacker right with their first pick Zayvon collins yeah uh bad um, bad they still can't cover, yeah. bro. Yeah, I don't care if you have JJ Watt if you still can't cover. Like maybe it helps a little bit because, but it's not even like he's. It's not 2016. JJ Watt is still very solid, and they'll have a nice pass rush. But when you can't cover, they lost Patrick Peterson, even though he hadn't done much for them lately. Regardless, I. I, I I don't see it as being enough. It's one of those things that people are going to be super hyped about because a lot of the general public, I don't think, values coverage enough, and it's a big name in J.J. Watt. I just don't see it moving the needle enough to make a marketable impact. That's why I bring it up, because I see a lot of these mock, or mock rankings or whatever, you know, and a lot of mm -hmm. people have them in their top 10, but closer to 5 than 10. So I was curious how you guys the felt Cardinals? about it. Really? Yeah. The all overall or just defense? Either way, it's stupid, defense, 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 defense. That's really stupid. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Well, from what I was reading, everyone was saying because of the JJ Watt signing, but you literally just. It's exactly what I just yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's one of those things where you just know that the public's going to be too high on them and you fade that any way you can. Also, I. It's just, a, it's a really weird defense because. Well, maybe they do better in a not a stacked division. You know what I mean? But they're they're are going to be going up against teams that can score. Um, and like, to, your, to your credit, it's a, would you, do you think corners are more valuable nowadays than pass rushers? It seemed like back in the day, pass rushers seemed to be the bread and butter of the NFL. But now you almost so. have to have a lockdown corner. Man, this is this is a argument. Me being deep into like uh, analytics 
football, Twitter, and that whole universe once I started working for PFF. It's very hard, and there's a lot of nuance to just give a simple answer. I think when you know what you are what you have, like, say, I would rather have Jalen Ramsey, who in my opinion is the best corner of football, than whoever you want to say is pass rusher. Yeah, probably, yeah. Him, or like, if, if you're taking an edge rusher, I'd probably still take Khalil Mack. Um, I would rather have Jalen Ramsey or Jair Alexander than either of those guys. I think they're a little bit harder to come by at the very top of the top. But after that, corner and really a lot of coverage players are... It's it's really hard. It's a hard position to evaluate. There's a lot of noise, I think. It depends a lot on who they're covering, the matchups, the scheme. It, it, it depends on so many things. And oftentimes, left on an island, they don't have help right next to them. I think talent outside a quarterback gets harder to evaluate the further you move out from the line of scrimmage. So as a unit, I think coverage is more important. The way I like to word it is I would rather have an elite coverage unit and just an okay like front or pass rush unit than a elite pass rush unit and an average to bad coverage unit. That's that's how I like to put it because it's it's really tough. So I guess to answer your question, yeah, but there's some nuance there for sure. Yeah, it's not like a, a clear-cut yes or no. It's scenario-based and who's on the team and available at that position. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I also think it's a lot easier to manufacture pass rush when you don't have the stars than it is to manufacture coverage. Just do, doing different stunts, blitz packages, uh, different fronts, anything like that is, is a lot easier than if you don't have the horses in the back seven to manufacture coverage is very, very difficult, even for the best of coordinators. Yeah. Also, I forgot to mention this. Also, Odell coming back to the Browns. I'm wondering what that's going to look like. Bro, I am so over Odell. <laughs> Every year, it's, what is Odell going to do this year? What is Odell going to do this year? Yeah. What is Odell going to do this year? I, like, oh my God. I, I hope he plays a full season and I would like, I'm just so he had one, maybe two good seasons on the giants. And then I, everyone still considers him one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, I, 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 maybe I'm alone, but I am just so over the every year, the Odell talk. Yeah. I was just wondering, cause like, what are the problems going to look like? How is he going to fit into that, to that team? Or is he going to hold them back? Or is he going to elevate them to the point where they can make a very deep run into the playoffs? That's what I'm looking at. You know what I mean? I think he only can help them. Maybe that's just me, and maybe I'm hanging on too long. We'll see. I am one of the guys Dilly's talking about. I'm a huge OBJ fan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I always have been. Uh, I just don't see, even if maybe I think a little too highly of him, I don't see how adding a weapon in that hurts, especially now when I think it's pretty clear that there's a way that the offense runs and how it ran without him. Now that Kevin Svansky's in there, especially year two, I'm expecting big things from Baker. I, I just don't see how throwing him in there can make things worse. I, I think it can only help. So I'm excited to see him as well, but it'll be, it'll be interesting. That's for sure. I was, I was actually thinking about this yesterday, and I was going to ask you guys real quick. What is more important to you out of a receiver, touchdowns or yardage? 
Would you rather have a guy at the end of the season who's going to give you 1,500 yards or 10 touchdowns? For me, I think the yardage is more impressive because you're putting in your team more situations than not to get to the red zone and make more plays. Um, I, it's a perfect player for me was Julio Jones. How many times did that guy put up like 15, 1,600 yards and he only finishes the season with three touchdowns? But he's not a bad player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yards, mm-hmm. for sure. It's a, it's a good question. I, and I agree with you with the yardage. I think I would go yards too. I also think it's more yeah. just impressive and you're you're doing more for your team where on an individual level, talent-wise, you can make a lot more of an impact from when you have the whole field to work with versus red zone, I think, is a lot more scheme-heavy. So, which is why it's kind of what I said the other day, how I don't think it's any negative on Julio or negative on Matt Ryan that he doesn't have a lot of touchdowns because they don't target him in the red zone. I think that's a result of the scheme. So I'm with you. Um, Big yard totals, put your team in a position to score. That's what I would be looking for. Oh, I can't wait till we do our top 10 wide receivers. Oh, boy. Oh, they're going to be so different. It's going to be so Oh, it's not even. Yeah, it's it's there's like there's like three at the top that I'm sure everyone is going to essentially put in the same area. But dude, wider quarterbacks is kind of yeah wide receivers are gonna be nuts um but that i mean did you get anything else in the nfl you guys want to touch on i don't think so i think i'm good kb chino kb anything go bears <laughs> pretty gross all right well i think that's it for us then yeah did yeah I miss anything uh one, one more thing yeah uh an nhl insider just tweeted any trade Seattle may have in the hopper will be finalized and announced after the trade freeze is lifted after 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. And I suspect there will be a few things over the coming days. So, looks like there are trades. They just got to wait. Go Kraken. All right. Interesting. No. Perhaps. <laughs> it will be interesting to see what happens with that. We can uh, check back in and see how that's going. See, excuse me. See how they're looking all said and done. But other than that, I think that's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure to leave us a review uh, on Apple if you like what you heard. If you leave us a five-star review and write a question, it doesn't even have to be sports-related. You could ask about sports. You could ask what my favorite type of cupcake is. You could ask whatever you want. All the hosts will answer it, um, and we will answer every one. So do that if you like the show. And then you can find us on socials at the Dump Off Pod. I believe everywhere. Then you can find me at Taryn Caravella on all social media. Uh, Dilly, where can I find you? You can find me at Dilly Slays on Twitter and Twitch. Slays with a Z. G, where can they find you? Uh, at Gianluca Martini on Instagram and at G Martini on Twitter. Uh, KB, how are you? It's at KB Some Swag on Twitter. And my boy Chino, where can they find you? At iChino12 on Instagram and on Twitch. <laughs> At Fettuccino12 on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. Make sure you leave us a review with a question on it. We will see you guys on Monday. (laughs) See you guys. Later. Later. Peace.